This is the Lindell Report, bringing you news combined with hope by offering practical and achievable action points to assist you in defending and preserving faith and freedoms. And now, here is your host, Mike Lindell. Well, hello, everybody. I'm, uh, I'm actually pulled over side the road here. I was at an amazing leadership pastors conference. Uh, thousands of pastors or hundreds, I guess. I don't know how many were online. And I had to, uh, I spoke there uh, last night and uh, I decided uh, you guys can all see that today. So uh, in about five minutes here, I'm gonna, we're going we're gonna to show you all that. I thought it was really important. Uh, um, we went, we went there, Kendra and I went there and we, uh, we, uh, it was a three day conference. These are our leaders that are, these are all these pastors to get them on, to get them on board. One of the things I told them, uh, actually was another pastor that was there. He said at first, he said, this isn't political. This is biblical. And I want, and I want you to watch this and, uh, and you'll see what, um, I think you'll see a little bit of my story too, but. Uh, I was uh, it was pretty good, I guess. Uh, and then at the end, I I uh, led the I guess I led everybody in prayer. I uh, kind of he put me on the spot up front there. Um, so I'm trying to get back. Uh, I'm, I'm uh, my plane is uh, is down for about a month and a half. And uh, um, so and uh, the other day I was going to a event and the charter plane got hit by lightning. So we we had to drive to this place we were at. So we're driving back and tomorrow, everybody. Uh, I'll be working my way tonight to South Carolina, where tomorrow we have the big president's rally, our real president, Donald Trump. It's going to be amazing. I'm a speaker there. We'll give you the times. It's all going to be live here on frankspeech.com on Lindale TV. And uh, by the way, everybody, um, now I'm going to do for these for the next five minutes, I'm going to kind of tell you where we're at before we start our show, before we start that speech. Um, the... Um, uh, uh, let's see, where was it here? Why don't we start out with um, uh, the app? You guys, you can go to the app store now and get the Frank Speech app. Uh, the um, it's uh, everybody. You all need to do that. It's it's awesome. You you got it. It's very convenient then, and you can watch um, all of our new shows. You can see Lindell TV, Lindell TV One, and Lindell TV Two. Remember now, when you come to the website. Um, Logan, maybe we can kind of give a little website tour here, starting from the top, and I'll just kind of explain as we go. Uh, you guys need to share this with all your friends, family, everyone you can. Uh, there's our new logo, by the way. That's what the app looks like up above there, if everybody can see that, the new the new logo. Um, so that's what you'll look for on the app store, those, those two uh, um, talk blurbs coming together with the app. Now, as you see, I'm on uh, TV1. Uh, and TV One, we're going to have the whole program guide there. We have Emerald Robinson, everybody, starting Monday morning at 9 a.m. Uh, let's see, 9 a.m. Eastern Time. Is that right, Logan? 8 Central Time, everybody. And we are going to, uh, do you know when her slot is? Again, it's replayed in the afternoon. Uh, do you know what time that is? I think you're right, but it's, yeah, 2.30 to 3.30, everybody. I believe that's correct. And then also, we are going to play a lot. We're going to have Lindell TV 2. We're going to have a lot of uh, a lot of crossover where we're going to have, if you see a show in the morning and you missed it, 
We might put them on in the afternoon. So we're going to give you that whole TV lineup. That's right below us here. So if you go, if you scroll down a little lower, Logan, if you, can you scroll a little lower on the, uh, there we go. Um, okay, there's Lindell TV too, everybody. Uh, that's 24-7 programming. Uh, and by the way, on Lindell TV 1 or 2, I'm not sure yet, we're going to have an entrepreneur show, everybody. We're going to have a show of entrepreneurs uh, for mystore.com. And uh, my, we're going to show these guys their great inventions, and they're and we're, I'm going to tell their stories. We're, I'm going to be interviewing them. It is going to be one fun show. That's going to be started in, uh, uh, we'll give it about a week and a half. I um, see how much time we got to get that going. Uh, we've got a great one, the Bionic Wrench. The Bionic Wrench, you can get that now, everybody, if you go to mystore.com. Um, in fact, why don't we talk about that right now? Use promo code L77. You can go to mystore.com, mystore.com, punch it in on your phone, and you're going to see the Bionic Wrench here. This stuff is a product. It's one of the most amazing products I've ever seen. This guy's got quite a story when he invented this. Uh, he was copied by Sears. They copied him. They uh, um, they copied uh, his, his, his wrenches. He has all kinds. There you have, uh, yeah, there. look at that, you guys. You're going to get a $10 coupon off. And, and by the way, everybody, if you use the promo code L77 tonight on mystore.com or mypillow.com or frankspeech.com, you're going to get, uh, I'm going to throw in a free book. I'm going to give you one of my books absolutely free, plus the great special. So with that promo code L77, you can all go also go right here to frankspeech.com. And this is exclusive here. If you go there, um, show them the towel or the, uh, the sheet special, Logan. Um, so you can go to the store here, right at Frank Frank Speech. Use that promo code L77. Look at that. Those those towels, they're closeouts. These are the striped, but they're, there's white. And then there's also um, stripes and flannels. Uh, but they're amazing colors. They're as low as $29.99. Remember, the queens are $49.99. They're regularly $170-some dollars. This is my Giza cotton. That's uh, that we get from uh, it's grown between the Nile River, the Mediterranean Sea, and the Sahara Desert. The cotton is the best cotton in the world, and these are the most amazing sheets you're ever going to sleep on. Period. Uh, they have a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty too. Um, they have the staples are longer, they're stronger, they're softer. It's it's amazing. Um, and then go down a little bit here on that. As long as we're at the Frank store, uh, go ahead, Logan. Scroll down a little bit. All right, you guys, you get my free book today. You've seen that. Now, this is something you're going to see. This is only on Frank's Beach, and this is only going to be for a couple more days. I believe until, I might even, I believe it's only till Monday. These are my six-piece towel sets. The price of cotton has tripled. These are going to change. This is, it's $29.99. They're regular $109.99. This is going away uh, probably by tomorrow morning because this actually is kind of a mistake. It should not still be up, uh, but uh, it's your, our loss is your gain. <laughs> uh, it's made with 100% USA Southern cotton, and uh, no, they're not made here. They, they, those I have to ship overseas. I have to ship the cotton overseas because there's no technology here that makes these towels where they actually work. They absorb, and they don't. Uh, they're not like lotion you feel like lotion but they don't dry you i'll go down a little bit um brandon i want to uh 
quick show. Yeah, there's our slippers. Keep going. That's keep going. Keep going. We have a massive overstock sale. You guys click on that. This is at the Frank store. Up to 90% off. These are 90% off. Okay, keep going. Keep going. Maybe that's the end. Okay, keep going. The pillows, my pillows are as low as $19.98. We put every one of our best specials on here. Go ahead and keep going. I want to keep going. Ahead, keep going, Logan. Keep going. Keep going. We have our sleepwear. We're closing out that. These are You guys aren't going to beat these anywhere in the country. There you go. There's our Frank Speech yard signs. Ready for this? Ready for the spring here. Get them there. Um, we got those. We have Frank Speech mugs, merchandise. We have to get the word out about this programming. Okay, now before I go, I know we only have a minute or so here. I want to go back to the front page, uh, Logan, because I want to tell them uh, about the Lindell Legal Offense Fund. Um, you guys, right on Frank here, Frank Speech, right there, that square. You see to the left of it, get rid of the voting machines. I want you can all get involved there because we are coming out with the lawsuits um, and, and, we're, and we're going after all the machine companies. But, but to do that and with the, if the stuff's happening around our country, we need help right now. And if you go to the Lindell Legal Offense Fund, can you click on that, Logan? And I've been attacked. Oh, yeah, Mike, you're grifting. I'm not grifting. We're trying to help everyone in this country and all the places. If you go ahead, I'm going to read that if I can. Um, it says, uh, well, I guess I can't. I'm not, I don't have my glasses. Um, uh, let's see here. Um, uh, it says, God has, God has blessed me with, there you go. Yeah, there you go. God has blessed me with a platform to be a voice for freedom. You guys, I consider my platform all of your voices. God has blessed me with this incredible platform to get our voice out to be heard because we need, that's what they've tried to suppress. That's their ultimate thing is just cancel our voice. Um, the incredible exposure has, has resulted in me becoming like a hub of a wheel for information. Everyone in the country, we're in all 50 states now, by the way, with the cause of America. That's just one of the things that this that this help will go towards. Um, information and groups have um, have reached out to, to me and, and from all over the country telling me of their efforts that they are doing to help save our country. I have vetted their efforts. You guys, that's what we do. We have a whole team that vets these efforts. What's going to get our country back fastest? Some of the, uh, what's going to work and that with, like, with these lawsuits and other projects? Um, I guarantee you that 100% of every single dollar donated to the Lindell Legal Offense Fund will go to the most urgent cause at this time. And, uh, and, that's, and that's a fact. Every... We can use everybody's help, even if it's $10. If you click on there, what's the most amount? Or what, click on that, Logan, and then I got—I know you got to start the film. Uh, what's the lowest amount there, $10? $10. Uh, you guys, and then if, uh, yeah, if you do this, you guys, it would, uh, anything you can donate will help. Um, and, uh, and we can uh, um, get our country back. Um, we uh, we got to get rid of the machines. That's number one on the list. Um, we've got a lot of great things. Remember, March is the month we turned everything around. All these, all of the great things coming out this month it is, it's going to be amazing. I'm going to let you watch the film now. 
Um, I, Logan, can you run this entirely? I know we went a minute or two over. Uh, tell your dad. Tell your dad. I'm sorry, I talked too long. Yeah, let's roll it, everybody. Watch the whole thing. It's awesome. God bless you. See you. Thank you all. I actually took notes. Usually I'm not good on script. <laughs> um, I just want to say that um, um, Kendra and I, every day, we've, it's like a spiritual battle of biblical proportions. And this has been so refreshing to come here and have more joy in a room than I think I've ever felt in my life. <laughs> I don't know. When I get back to my home church at Living Worthy, I don't know if I can do it. I've seen Pastor Mac do on TV. <laughs> but um, I just want to, you guys have inspired me so much, and I want to I wanna tell you a little bit of how pastors and ministry, ministers, disciples have got to me where I'm at. Just when you, when you speak in your churches, you never know who's in there, and they hear the word that one day that planted that seed to get somewhere they are way out here. And uh, I, Pastor Mac, <laughs> um, but I'll, I'll, I'll just want to take, I'll take you back. Um, I was uh, a functioning addict. I know pe too many people think that uh, addicts are just somebody on the street that's homeless and um, out there and, you know, homeless basically. And, and uh, but no, addicts are, it doesn't matter how many forks you eat with. You could, I've been with no forks all the way up to four forks and everywhere in between. People are the same, okay. And, uh, <laughs> and it, uh, but uh, I was a functioning addict and then it, uh, it switched to crack cocaine um, in the early 2000s. And, and uh, I invented my pill in 2004. I was always an inventor or always a, you know, my own entre an entrepreneur. And, uh, but I'm going to fast forward for the sake of time. In, uh, in 2004, like I say, I invented my pillow. I had a, lost a 20-year marriage in 2007. Um, we had so much betrayal and so many attacks and so many things that happened uh, to my pillow. And, you know, I was, I, I was kind of a different kind of an addict. I had a parallel track. Here's my crack addiction, and I would go to shows, and I never broke my word. I would never break my word with the promoters later on. God protected my word. That was something that he protected. It was like sacred. I mean, one guy, one guy accused me of being a, a meth addict. I said, wait a minute, I was a crack addict, not meth. You know, <laughs> get it right. <laughs> you know, God didn't, God, we didn't say, uh, what are you on, alcohol? No, it was a joke. What are you on, crack? You know, that's how bad it was. And, uh, but... It led up to, um, it goes up to um, downtown Minneapolis, right where all those, you know, all the uh, fires started, the, the evil a couple of years ago, uh, right down there in uh, the heart of Minneapolis. And I was down there and I'd been up for 14 days with no sleep. And uh, when, I was, when I was an addict, I would always play through. I always wanted to just stay up until things got better, kind of like the weather changed. And usually uh, it would change. But this time was different, and I was up for about 14 days. And the um, I come out of the bedroom, and, the and all three of my drug dealers are standing there, the three biggest in Minneapolis. And they're standing there, and I'm going, what, do you guys know each other? They knew of each other, but they had never met. And they go, uh, you've been up for, um, Ty goes, he goes, you've been up for 14 days. We're cutting you off. You're, and uh, I said, what, is this an intervention? He said, you call it whatever you want, Mike. 
Well, the one guy left. He says he ain't get nothing from my guys. He left. The other guy went down to the streets of Minneapolis, and I found out later. He says, "You see some crazy guy with a what, what with a crazy white guy with a mustache. If you sell him in here, we're going to kill you." You know. <laughs> and uh, but I went down about two o'clock in the morning. I looked over, and the last guy had fell asleep. And uh, that was Ty. He had waited up. He said, "How much crack you got left?" And I was finally out, and I was scraping the pipe and on the ground. Um, car we call it carpet farming. You know, you know, thinking you drop some crack. And I look over, and he's asleep. So I headed down to the streets of Minneapolis, and I couldn't get crack anywhere. I mean, I we're, we're addicts are very resourceful, and it's a lot of work actually. But I went out and just couldn't get anywhere. I come back upstairs at 3:30 in the morning, and. Uh, He's waiting up for me, and he says, how'd that work out for you? And he said, he says, give me, he says, give me your phone. I'm taking a picture. He says, man, you've been telling us for years that this pillow thing is just a platform for God, and you're going to come back someday and help us all out of this addiction world we're living in. And he says, we're not going to let you die on us. And, he, and two of them work for me now. They're born-again Christians, by the way. Um, but... But the picture he took, if we have that picture, here's the picture he took that day, that night. That was, uh, that was the spring of 2008. And he said, he says, you're going to need that for that book you're, you've been telling us you're going to write. One of the things with me, I always had this, this prophetic gift. I'd always try and talk. I'd tell my friends after the bar would close. I had a bar I owned for years. And I'd be telling them about God and Revelation that I read about in the Bible when I was in jail, right? My friends are all listening, you know, and we're doing lines of cocaine and drinking, and you think it's a hypocrite. We gotta quit this stuff, you guys. We gotta, you know, we gotta find the Lord. Well, they would find the Lord, and they would quit. My other friends are going, will you quit doing that? We're losing friends. And, and uh, but it was always me trying to talk myself into it. And, but I didn't quit that day after that intervention. Um, you could take that picture down. <laughs> but, they, uh, but, uh, it got to be, things happened in 2008. Um, I know one of the things, uh, my son and I went on a hunting trip and, uh, down to Iowa. And we came back, and he had been living with his brother. He was 18 years old. I'd already lost the one house, and I was living in a house out in the woods. And, and uh, just him and I, and I thought I was hiding everything from him. And I remember him standing in the driveway, quivering, his lips quivering. He said, he said Dad, I want to go live with Charlie. And that, you know, I just kind of turned and I said, no, I said, that's fine. That's fine. I didn't, you know, I knew, you know, deep down, but that had to happen. Okay. Then another thing that happened about three months later, my friend, you know, addicts are, when you, addicts like to see hope with other addicts, right? So I've been in treatment centers in and out. I could run them. I forgot. Addicts have forgotten more about addiction than a lot of counselors will ever know. But, uh, my friend, we had heard, he was my equal in every way, and we had heard he had quit four years ago and found the Lord. And I hadn't seen him in four years, and I'm sitting in that house, everything was gone. I'm staring up at the ceiling, and all of a sudden Dick comes in, appears kind of out of nowhere. I go, Dick, how you doing? He goes, he goes I go, what are you doing here? He said, the Lord led me here. He says, what's up with you? And I, and I, first question I asked him, I said, I said, Dick, I got some questions for you. I says, I said, is it boring? And he goes, no, man, it ain't boring. And to this day, I didn't know if it was off drugs or with Jesus. Either way, it don't matter. <laughs> but, but a month later, I didn't quit that day. A month later, I remember telling God, I knew I had a big calling, just like you all do. And 
My sister kept telling me, she goes, God's going to call someone else. You have one of the biggest callings on your life. And she says, she says, you've got to quit standing in front of semis. Um, you know, God's going to pick someone else because I knew I had the calling. So I would use that against God going, yeah, yeah, I'll quit tomorrow. Cause you know, you've got this big call and that sounds horrible that I quit, quit everything. And now I got the weight of the world on my shoulder and I don't even have my drugs or anything else for a crutch. And, uh, so, but anyway, on January 16, 2009, I knew that day that the next day I woke up, there's like, I used to work at a drive-in movie theater, and this would be the second feature of my life. And there's, there's real A or real B, two different movies. And I knew, now was that my bottom? They say bottom that for money-wise, yeah, I made sure I didn't have anything left. That it'd be the greatest comeback with God, all things are possible. That was kind of in my head. But I also said, for... I said, I knew that the next day that option A, which was my calling, would be gone forever. It would be whatever B was going to take me down. And so I said, I prayed to God. I said, okay, God, I got to, here's the deal. That's something to deal with God, right? I said, I'm going to quit tonight. And I said, but I want to wake up in the morning and I never want to have the desire for any drug, alcohol, anything again. And I, that was the deal I made. And I woke up in the morning, and I'm going, something's different. It was like Groundhog Day. I'm going, something's different. I looked in the mirror, and I even, for being a crack addict, I'm going, oh, I don't look too bad for all of you know. But it, the desire was gone, and that was gone forever, okay. But that was a miracle. I needed to have that. But then about, about a week later, um, I got to tell you this part. So this is the first, my sister, she goes to Living Word Church. I always said, what do you go there for? It's an hour to drive. I go, I wouldn't go, you know, drive that far to, to Pastor Max Church, right? I didn't know that. <laughs> and, but she, uh, she, uh, she told me, she goes, so I was at her house. She, she, I ended up at her house the first day I quit. And she's hiding spoons and baking soda. That's all the stuff you need for crack, right? I go, I'm okay, Cindy, you know. And uh, you, know, you don't need to hide every spoon in the house. I'll be all right, you know. And uh, so, anyway, hiding lighters, baking soda, lampshades, you know, I mean, I mean <laughs> chore boy, you know, but anyway, um, she says, uh, these guys had taken over my company that I had trusted. No, we didn't have much of a company. My pillow was just a little blip on the radar then that was left. And, uh, but they had sold, they'd taken the shows and my fabric and stuff. And uh, she and I had and I called and I the guy that I needed to get the to get the fabric from he says, oh no you know you've got to pay cash it's thirty thousand dollars, and I had never had to pay cash before so then I knew he was in on it, and my sister says she says just pay play, pray for favor, she had told me that other times too and it works so I said well I'll do that favor thing again, so so I prayed for favor and uh, I prayed for favor, and I I had met a guy in a bar the week or a month a week before and he said if you ever need if you ever need somebody these guys are entrepreneurs they're kind of mavericks that they, they probably borrow you some or help you out and so i went back to that bar and uh, i said remember this guy that was in here last week he had a cowboy oh that's cowboy bob he don't he only comes in once a month and uh, at that moment in time he walked through the door and i said bob i said i said uh I said, uh, he never asked me to buy a drink or anything. By the way, no one ever asked me to buy it, to drink a drink or do a line of cocaine since that day. It was, it's been very strange. Ever, ever, you know. I guess they all wanted me to quit. <laughs> but uh, 
anyway, so Bob, I said, Bob, do you got a, I said, those guys you told me about, and he says, yeah, they're in Eden Prairie, Minnesota, and he says, uh, can you get a meeting with me? Now, I had to have the money by 1 o'clock that following Friday, and this was on Thursday, so I had one week. That was the deadline. I had to have it by 1 o'clock that day. And he says, I said, can you get me a meeting with him? He said, sure. And he called him up, and he, the meeting was for 10 o'clock that next Friday. So, and I needed 30 grand cash from these guys. So here I get there, I, and, uh, and I was confident. I just had this total faith. I go, you know, I'd made a deal with God, and he's going to follow through. Well, when I get there, now you guys got to understand, anybody that wore a tie or ate with more than two forks, I was afraid of, right? I had this fear of rejection. I couldn't talk around people, okay? I was not, uh, you know, you don't get rejected if you don't talk. Well, here I walk into this meeting. I'm wearing a T-shirt, carrying a pillow, and three jars of foam, right? And I walk in, and there's a CIO, a CIEIO, a CMO, a CDO. I'm going, you know, and they're all wearing ties. I'm going, so I sat there, and I sit down, and I sit down and I said, I invented this pillow. I've been doing shows, you know. Um, I said, I need $30,000. I'm going to do, I'm going to book my shows, me and my friends. These guys took my company. I'm, I need them to buy the fabric back. I used to be a crack cocaine addict. I'm going on. All of a sudden, the CFO goes, when did you quit crack? I said, last Thursday. <laughs> and, they go, they go, and, and four of them, four of them got up and left the room. They go, they're looking for cameras. They thought they were on TV. And, uh. And I, did, I didn't even back down. I just said, I go, well, now there's four of you. You're all going to put in 7500 And, and uh, anyway, make a long story short, I walked out of there with $30,000 cash, and I never showed them an ID. You know why I know that? I didn't have one. Okay? That was a miracle. And yes, I paid them back, and that part's history. But, but now two months later, I, even though I had quit, I had lost the desire. I felt led to go to that church and you know that she had brought me to a couple of times pastor max church living word and uh and i get there and uh they had a treatment set part of the part of it called living free i remember walking in the door and there's a counselor there and i said this is before my classes even start the next day and i said yeah i used to be a crack addict i said i quit two months ago i don't need that but i said i feel led to come here i'm going to have a book someday i'm going to have this platform it's going to help addicts all over the world and i said i'm um, i'm going on and on and he went home and told his wife he said you should have seen this guy come in hiring a kite you know <laughs> crazy but the next day but, but i walked i walked in and then, I, and then I started going to church, every, you know, uh, going to church, and, and I was going to this treatment center. Well, the first day I get in there, and I start bragging up on how much, how much drugs I did, you know, yeah, and telling the story. He goes, we don't care how many, what you did. He said, tell us about your father. And he, and he starts in, and I'm going, well, what do you mean about my father? I came from a divorced family, but my father's fine and all this stuff. And, and, uh, you know, and uh, but he brought up a lot of things that, that, uh, where I believe addiction comes from. You come, you know, I was the only kid from a broken home at seven years old, put in a new school where I felt I didn't fit in. The devil gets in with the lies. You're not worthy. You're, you're not good enough. You're all these things that it gets in there, which manifests, I believe, then to addiction, which mass pain, which gives you false courage and all these other things, right? So anyway, but they plant, he planted seeds there. Now, did I do a full surrender to the Lord? Now, you got to realize I wasn't saved yet. I was very open to it, and I was, boy, I was going to church every Sunday. I didn't like, I was so, I, you know what, and I was so, 
didn't, I just think I didn't like small talk. One of the things I didn't like at churches were the greeters. You know, I'd sit, I would, I would literally, oh, welcome aboard, you know. I would sit out in the parking lot of Living Word Church, and I'd wait till everybody was gone, even the greeters, and I'd be halfway, and sure enough, the one greeter, hey, Mike, how are you doing, sir, you didn't know my name, how are you doing? I'm trying to discreetly go in there, and I'd hide up in the balcony, you know, up there, and, and uh, you know, kind of hunker down. Uh, and uh, <laughs> I certainly wouldn't be jumping around like the older, you know. <laughs> And, uh, and anyway, so um, anyway, there were some great seeds planted there with listening on Sundays and and uh, that in that treatment center. But I didn't. Uh, now I'm going to quick fast you forward. Um, I spent two years getting my pillow just the shows back, and I had a dream of an infomercial. And I, my friends and family, we all pooled our money. And they told me infomercials don't work. You never, it's just to go into box stores, which none of the box stores wanted me, kind of like today, right? And <laughs> it's come full circle. And uh, anyway, we, they said, I said, I want a real audience and I want to do it just the way I did at shows, you know? And uh, at shows, I had to have a table in front of me. There's a story going back to that, but I had to have, once I stepped out behind the table, I couldn't talk to people. I'd have to be back there. Then I had to, I could talk because there was, you know, I was selling, I felt good. I remember the first pillows I sold at a show in Minneapolis. That day, the, the kiosk had failed miserably. And that day at this show, when I did the Home and Garden show, um, they, I'd set up the booth differently, and these people came in about... 15 of them had bought pillows that day, most I ever sold. And, uh, but they all came back the next day. And it's never happened before since they paid to get back in the show. And they came up to me and told me how it helped them. And, and it, for me, that felt so good inside. It wasn't about the money. It was about that I helped them. It was, felt so good. I was hooked on that feeling. I mean, it was like to help people. I couldn't get enough of it, you know. And... Uh, so anyway, we get fast forward to that infomercial, and the night before, so I got it to set up the way I wanted. I was going to do it the way I wanted, and and that, all the people, oh, that won't work, and this won't work. And anyway, they they brought in this real producer from Hollywood. And he's sitting there in the uh, in the the night before. We're doing our reads, and I'm reading my script, and he texts the other guy. He said, "This is the worst guy I've ever seen. He'll never make it on TV." And uh, and he was, and I thought the next day he was right. I, we go lot, or we go to tape this, and the first line I see the audience. I'm going, and then the pillow, and and it was so bad. It took an hour and a half to film one line, and I said, "Can we just take away the teleprompter?" I went in the bathroom and said a prayer. I said, "God, please help me get through this somehow," and. Uh, so we took away the teleprompter and we brought in a table. So I was back in my element, um, and uh, that inf that thing that infomercial launched on October seventh. I was living in another sister's basement, and I had like ten employees, and it launched. You know, I remember it was like surreal. Well, the next uh, over the next forty days, we we went from ten employees to five hundred. Now. And it was the number one infomercial in the world in two months. Now, here's the, here's the story, though. Over the next six months, we took in $100 million. I called my friend. I said, do you know the ATMs only go to the, don't go to the seventh digit? He goes, no, Mike, I didn't know that. And uh, at, the end, at the end of the six months, at the end of the six months, 
I, was, I woke up and I was $6 million in debt. And I was in tears. I'm going, you know, what, what happened? Well, everything that happened there, the, um, from people taking advantage from my handshakes, my word, and I had companies going, yeah, 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 that's our best deal, you know. And uh, nothing was in-house. It was all kind of farmed out. And, um, but I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, if the mistakes of 2012 hadn't happened, and uh, I wouldn't be here because I learned by all that. But one, there was another thing that happened, though, very important. In the summer of 2014, um, we were... Uh, um, I was driving down, I was heading down. I was, I still, even though I'd quit all the other addictions, I was a professional card counter. So by that point in the, in the spring, in the spring of 2014, the, my pillow was just, so I'm going, I'm running around to casinos and it's a grinding out, heading down to Laughlin and Las Vegas and grinding out and there's just no way. Um, it was just grueling. I was kicked out of half of them. They got the best security in the world. They know your eyes. Well, anyway, I'm heading down. It was uh, May 23rd, I believe, of 2014. And I'm heading my truck south down to the Iowa border to the casino down there. And I, it was almost audible in that truck. It said, turn this truck around. And I had heard about Kendra, okay, from my sister. And it said, turn this truck around. You're going to go to church tomorrow, and there's something there for you. And you won't ever need this, this uh, gambling um, um, again, you know. Because gambling also was a terrible vice I had. But the car county, I could at least separate at that time because I had to. I could, you know. But it said, you will never have to do this again. So I'm going, okay. I mean, it was almost audible. So I wheeled the truck around. And I, sure enough, I end back up at Living Word. And, and Pastor Max up there preaching. I'm up on the balcony, and I heard... Um, you, whatever the message was that day, I, to this day, I can't remember, but it worked. Okay. <laughs> and it said, it said, you will, you will be, Kendra, Kendra, it said, you will be with Kendra. And she, she was a gal from Texas. I go, what do I want to be with some gal in Texas? I'm in Minnesota. You know, <laughs> and, uh, you will be with her and, and you will get closer to me. And uh, there was like, and that was so audible. And I'm up there crying. People around me, oh, it's a miracle, you know. And, and we were all just preaching away down there. <laughs> and uh, and I went to leave. And and that day I almost missed because the greeter was still at that door for a long time before I got in. Before I, got in there. <laughs> I want to tell you a little story. I was so shy of greeters and stuff. But I'm talking to people. I couldn't talk to people. And then the one church in, where I'm from in Chaska. I went there one, one, this was a few years later, and they, it was Easter, I'll never forget it, my niece talks me into coming there. Now this is my hometown too, and, and I, I'm sitting there, she waited, she says, everybody, it's all clear, come in now. Well, they had greeters, and they had de-greeters when you leave. <laughs> so, I'm going, I was just, so maybe that helped me get over my shyness, I don't know. But um, anyway, so, so, so I meet... I meet Kendra, I meet Kendra, Kendra's point. <laughs> so I meet Kendra in the summer of 2014 then, that comes to fruition, and I meet her and she goes, and now remember, we're $6 million in debt, we're within two days of going under. And I meet her and I'm still, and she, she says, you know what, she says, we gotta pray. And I said, so I'm praying and, and 
you know, my sister had told her, and I told her, I said, yeah, I said, I've been, I've been saved, you know. And uh, as, it, as it went on, she prayed, and, and then she goes, she'd say to me, she goes, I noticed she had something I didn't have. And I knew it. You know, I'd always wear my cross on TV. I even wore that in the crack houses. I mean, I always wanted to be that person, right? I, <laughs> in fact... In fact, in fact, I would sit there when I was taking phone calls and people would call me up. The Christians would call me up and go, you're wearing that cross to sell pillows. And I would send them a picture of me in a crack house with the cross. I wasn't selling pillows then. <laughs> and then... And then the ones, and then the ones that were atheists or whatever, they they call me up and give me a hard time. I would tell them just like I told my friends about Revelation and the end times of the Bible, and they'd find Jesus. I go there, take that. How do you like me now? <laughs> so I, so I, um, but so I'm with Kendra and and we pulled we pulled out. We started pulling out. It was a miracle. But she kept, she'd say to me, she says, "You don't have Jesus as your personal savior." I said, "Yes, I do. I believe in God and." And I knew she was right, but I wanted that, and I couldn't get there. You know, God had been chasing me all my life. I just could not get there. And you get to the summer, or I mean the spring of 2015, and I'll never forget, there's another pastor. All these pastors, okay. <laughs> and I had my book laid out on my table, this big table in my, one of my offices. And they had, there were transcripts of about just about every event of my life. Piles and piles of them. I've had 14 near-death experiences, guns to my head, swords to my throat. You, it's have a parachute not open, fell asleep on a motorcycle the same day going skydiving, crashed the motorcycle and my parachute open. That was a bad day. But, um, <laughs> and, and, uh, but, but I have all these, I have all these things laid out. True story. Who falls asleep on a motorcycle, crashes it, and goes down your parachute, don't open. I told God, driving home that day, I had God, that was a reactive prayer. I said, God, you get me home, I will never jump out of an airplane or ride a motorcycle again. And I never have. Ever. Well, ever. <laughs> don't even have a thought of doing it. And, but, um, but he had all these stories laid out on the table. And he said to me, this pastor said, he said, Mike, I said, I don't know what to leave, leave in or what to leave out, like that song. What to leave in, what to leave out. It's a Bob Seger song. And I said, uh, and he looks over and he says, Mike, he said, grab a story, any story, sort of pile. So I grabbed this pile, December 1986 or 1985, I think it was, if I remember. And I read it. He says, read it. And I read it, and, and I could put myself right back to where I was then. And he says, Mike, Anybody that had happened to a mini miracle that that happened right there, he said they'd be on their knees surrendering to Jesus on the spot. And he said, maybe the Lord had all this happen to you so you can get to that place to have that personal relationship with Jesus so that you, you can't go and disciple other people if you ain't got them yourself. And he said that to me. I said, what have you been talking to Kendra? You know. <laughs> But it, it, it just meant so much sense to me, and I knew he was right. But I was always the one that was saying, Lord, show me more, show me more, show me more. I had one miracle after another. I had reactionary prayers. I had reactionary prayers where I go, get me out of this. I'll never do this again, Lord. And it, it, it would always happen. I almost got complacent. It didn't matter where it was. I could be in a jail somewhere in Timbuktu, and I'm going, God will get me out of here. It'll be all right, you know. And uh, so... So anyway, 
I um, um, he after that from 2015 then on over the next um, year and a half. I mean, there are things happened to me. I had never thought politics affected me whatsoever. I had never voted in my life. I ended up at a private meeting with the, with the then candidate, Donald Trump, at a private meeting asking me about stuff made in the USA. You know, you make all your stuff here. I remember walking in. He says, Mike, he says, you, they had told me two things when I met him. They said, whatever you do, don't tell me you're a crack addict. And, and uh, he says, you're never going to be with him alone. Well, as God lined this up, we were all alone. It was just him and I. And he says, he says, Mike, you always wear your cross on TV. Are you a Christian? I said, yes. And I said, this is a divine appointment, Mr. Trump. Well, he goes, the first thing he start, we start in, I said, you know, I was a crack addict. I looked at him like that. And he goes, he, he goes and I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have this Lindell Recovery Network. By the way, I have that, lindellrecoverynetwork.org. It helps addicts. It's free. It's online. But I told him I was going to have that. And he goes, I'm going to stop the drugs pouring in. It was just this one-on-one -on -one conversation. And, and, um, and anyway, um, I walked out of there. I ended up going all in. I went back, did a press release in Minneapolis. I was the media's darling. And, and I said, and I just met the man, didn't even say what we talked about. And from that day on, it was attacked, and the attacks have never let up. But... But I was called a racist and everything else. My people downtown go, what? Who called you that? <laughs> and, uh, but the things that happened to where all of a sudden, I never thought with my record I could even step one foot in the White House ever. And, and I ended up in the White House. I invited there for a manufacturer summit. And I'm sitting there. I go, there's people standing around the table with their products. And I go, who's sitting here? He says, the president is. I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, I go live on national TV, and all my friends are going, what? What's this crack addict doing on TV? Gee, Jesus is real, because there's no way this could happen. It's a miracle. And, uh, and, uh, but this, but what they see, a lot of my friends quit that day, too, because I'm serious. A lot of them did, because it's impossible, is what I'm saying, without the Lord. Okay, so then it led up to February 18th. These things that kept happening to me, I'm kind of going, okay, Lord, I've seen enough. I, you know, well, Kendra, we ended up at this, uh, uh, called a drop zone. It's for veterans, but I uh, wasn't a veteran. It was a miracle I even got to go to this thing. And that was February 18th, 2017. And that's the day I did a full surrender. And one of the things that, I'll, that I remember is, it was, I thought it'd be, it was like a relief because there was something I couldn't forgive myself for in the past that God forgave me for and I could finally forgive myself. And it was just like, Phew. and then an interesting thing happened. I walked to other Kendra's going, you've been saved. She just knew right away by my voice, right? And, uh, but two months after that, here's a guy that couldn't talk with more than two people in the room. I was at U.S. Bank Stadium in Minneapolis and I was there at a Christian event with all these bands. There's 60,000 or 50,000 people. And we got that picture, I think. And here, my little five-minute story that I told, and then all of a sudden, this Nick Hall says, Mike, lead him in prayer. I'm going, what? <laughs> and there I am leading 60,000 people in prayer and uh, for a guy that couldn't talk. Now, now... Uh, now, what I want to say to that is about week, two weeks later, I'm at this Valley Fair amusement park. It's in Minnesota. I'm with my granddaughter. And of all the things that happened at that stadium, all the Christian talkers and evangelists in the bands, 
all these millennials, these, these teenagers and the 20-some-year-olds came running up to me at this fair, and it wasn't because I was the pillow or had the pillow. They go, I got saved. Your story meant so much to me. I fell in the Lord. And I mean, it was like going on. I'm gone. And it made me feel like I, good inside that I had done, you know, something like selling them pillows and helping people. And it, of course, it got my granddaughter. I says, I'm, he's my grandpa. We need to go on rides. I kept going, you know, kept going on. But... But it, but it made me feel, I knew I was on the right path then, that my calling was, you know, to tell my story, to bring, you know, bring people to the Lord, like you all have, you know, all being pastors. And, and, uh, and um, so here's what I'm going to end with this. I probably went over on my time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, the, um, you know, all of you have platforms. This is like I told my drug dealers back there that God had given me with a big platform. You all have platforms and callings that, that are the most, um, they're the biggest in history. You're, you're part of history. Um, I think, uh, you know, all of you have to go back and, and uh, inspire hope and courage. And you, and you can't, none of you can save courage for a rainy day because it's pouring outside. You know, this is it. This is it. I was so inspired when I came here because just a month ago, God was showing me, you got to get the pastors of the country to rise up and tell the people. And you know, Pastor George, when he said it, he said, he said it this morning, and I listened, and he said, this is not political. This is biblical. This is it, everybody. This is it. And... And just like I had all my divine appointments and all the seeds that were planted by pastors and evangelists and people that discipled me, um, that led me to the Lord, you all have the platforms to bring about the biggest revival for Jesus Christ in history. God bless you all. Thank you. you were going to go longer. I just put a mint in my mouth. <laughs> How did you? Oh, now get him. Give him a microphone. Come back up here. Kendra was going like this. Well, <laughs> as you can tell, you know, it would give me one more night to rest my voice before I have to speak in the morning. Uh, wasn't that great hearing his testimony what Jesus has done? Man. Wow. I don't I don't know. I think you you might be an evangelist or something. I don't know. I don't know where the pillar came from. But uh, um, just how the Lord, how you got saved, and how the Lord turned your life around. Of course, Kendra involved, and now um, because you've stood up for Bible values in America, and so many attacks from what you would call the uh, uh, what you call the. Uh, I don't use the word liberal because uh, uh, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think they're very liberal. <laughs> I think they're really, uh, what do you call it, left wing or something like that. So uh, radical uh, uh, socialism is what it is. And We've uh, skipped right over socialism to communism. Heading right towards yeah. it, yeah. yeah. I, and, you know, one of the things, too, I want to bring you all hope, the, uh, you know, right now, all this stuff that's going on, 
it's a wake-up call where people are coming over. I was, I was saying today when we were at lunch, I said, you know, you got a bucket over here, and then once you're here and you have the Lord or whatever, you're not, you don't jump out of there. People right now are seeing the light because of the bad things going on, yeah. not because of the good things going on. They get it now. They're, they're going, okay, where's the answer? And that, you know, I think it was Ronald Reagan that said, of, when the lights go out here, they go out everywhere. We are yeah. the light to the world. And sure. the, uh, you know, the whole world's watching all, you know, we, you are the voice. Let me tell you, last year, what people miss is one date. There was one date, January 7th of 2021. That date is critical in the history of our world. And here's why. That's the day they tried to kill your voice. Just because Donald Trump lost his Twitter, 1.2 million people just in the United States got deplatformed off evil places like Vimeo and YouTube and Google and Facebook, Zuckerberg's Facebook. I had to pull that out there. Um, but all these places, and they and, and churches. I know churches in all the way to Australia where they got suppressed, you know, and they tried to take away our voice. I think when we were talking, yeah. when I grew up, we had black and white TVs, and you had to turn them off. And they went down to this little tiny dot, and you, you were kidding, you turned it back on right before the dot went out. Well, that dot was almost out on January 7, 2021, but it's come back to life, and that's the hope. There was a commercial back in the day, it was a shampoo commercial that said, and they tell two friends, and they tell two friends, and so on, and so on. Well, when we got into the world of digital and platforms, it was like you tell five friends, and even in churches it's expanded, and you tell 5,000 and 50,000 and then 5 million, they took all that away in last year on January 7th. It was cool. But now, but what's happened every day since then, that's getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And it starts with all you pastors in the churches. you got to go back and have courage and inspire every single person you know for, to, uh, for, to, for this great revival. Yeah, amen. And, um, you know, uh, there's who knows how many businessmen there are like you, like you were before you came to the Lord. And I, I really don't like greeters either. I mean... <laughs> we have that they in common. Me. I go to so many churches. I have some greeter out there. You know, I'm I, like, I tried everything. I'd go like this. Hey, hey! <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, sometimes they give you a hug. Too, you yes, know, oh, yes. hug. The one day the greeter followed me up to my seat. <laughs> That's a true story. Yeah. Dear church, I said, I said, well, I said. <laughs> I said, I, he, got, he come up, is everything okay? I said, yes, I just don't want to talk. <laughs> be great if you leave me alone, right? <laughs> Well-trained greeters at Pastor Max Leadership Conference. <laughs> They're great. Now, by the way, if you're a greeter, I'd say, I, I, now I, it's fine. Now you I like can it. talk. Now. I don't have fear of rejection. See, that's that lie, devil's lie. You can't get rejected if you don't talk to people. I lived in Vegas for three months once and never talked to a soul other than the dealer once in a while or when I ordered a drink, you know. But that's it, you know. I thought I didn't like small talk. When I had my bars, 
if I was if I was in my bar and there'd be no if I wasn't high or had been drinking and someone would come out and I, he's the only one in the bar someone came into the bar I'd wait on him and go let me know if you need anything I'd be over here dusting about going please leave please leave you know please leave I'd rather hear here's twenty dollars could you go somewhere else till I have a friend come in <laughs> but it was that devil's lie it was like fear of acceptance fear of uh, fear of rejection you know yeah and that's probably from being raised what without a dad or yeah yeah it's you know put into a new school when I was when I was put into that new school I was the only kid from a broken home and I would either show off and say hey watch me climb out this bus window as it's going up the hill 40 miles an hour and yeah well, that's pretty cool so either it was one extreme or the other but otherwise I wouldn't talk you know <laughs> you know yes. true story hey I love it <laughs> It's in the book. <laughs> oh, you have a book, right? What's the name yeah, of the book? The book is What Are the Odds from Crack Addict to CEO? Wow. And uh, the, uh, by the way, you can get that on at mypillow.com. Use promo code. <laughs> <laughs> use mypillow.com. All right. Mypillow. Actually, get it at frankspeech.com because you get a free book with any order. Use promo code Mike. Uh, promo code Mike. Promo code DR. But I, I will tell you that if if any of you could help out, if you go to uh, the, there's two things. The Lindo Recovery Network.org. Churches have signed up there. You guys can sign up your church. I bring people to your church through there. It's an online online platform for help. But all of you have churches, go there. You can do it. You do your little sermon. It's kind of like your free advertising for you. Because when that addict comes in, I have treatment centers vetted, online help, but then I also have they put in that zip code for, and they'll get there. And usually it might not be the addict, but it's going to be the family of the addict's going to come there. Yeah. And then the addict will follow, okay? And uh, it's really bringing people back to the physical church rather than staying online. Wow. And, uh, and then we need that, you know. And then the, uh, the other thing, if you all have, uh, I'm putting yours up here, this, on uh, frankspeech.com. Have anybody watched that? Okay. Mark, markhankins.org, <laughs> and you can get all kinds of free stuff on there, Mark. But, but, the, but my platform, frankspeech.com, I set up a media platform, it's Lindell TV, and it, I put it out every day, the hope, and I put, and I have, like, Flashpoint, we put them up there, I want to get you up there. I've never seen so much joy in a church in my life. You know, this is unreal. And, uh, yeah. I mean, is there anybody here that's not happy? <laughs> if you're not happy, please stand up. <laughs> but I want everybody that's happy to run around 17 times. No, just kidding. <laughs> so if, if some of y'all didn't get to run yet, now's a good time for you to run. You didn't get to run yet. Uh, but, uh, but no, this has been great. And... Uh, um, I will tell you this, uh, every, every, I come, I'm so happy because the board voices have gotten bigger and because everything's already laid out. So like I told people a year ago, I said, when they was really the only one I'm out there waving my flag and, and, uh, and I'm out the only one out there talking, the media's attacking me every day. But I told, uh, I told some friends of mine, I said, here's the deal. I said, if I'm wrong, or I said, if I'm right, we get, you know, this all gets exposed. God gives us grace, and we've got time to get more people to the Lord. And if I'm wrong, 
we win too. Everybody that's saved goes to heaven and it's over. It's the end time. So either way, we win. <laughs> and I, well, all my employees have gone. They say, you got the same thing. I said, you guys, it'll be all right. <laughs> you don't have to worry about your job. We ain't going to have a company. if we, you know, Just find the Lord. That's how I minister them to all. It'll be okay. I, I know they're hammering us out there, the box stores, but we get busier every day because of everybody buying. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, yeah. So what you going to do if you get to heaven and the Lord says, did you bring me one of them pillows? <laughs> I'll say, did you use the promo code God? He did the promo code. <laughs> you you the promo code <laughs> Promo code Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> no, that's funny. Yeah. Wow. Maybe. <laughs> Some of them are getting extra joy right now, I think so. <laughs> well, the Bible says the joy of the Lord is your strength, right? And, um, and so as a believer, uh, maintaining that joy and staying happy, and there's just something about you that makes everybody happy. Yeah, so we're, we're happy. Well, you know, I th this is what I think, like that pastor said, Another thing that did in my life, that was God preparing me. You know, I really believe that. And uh, it gives me the strength of my employees, a leader leading. You all leading, that they go right to that. So one time when we get attacked, I mean, you know, our employees, you know what they do now? We got to all get to work. It's going to be busy. You know? <laughs> but, you know, the fear is gone. You could go right down the list of my employees. And you got to realize they get... Uh, the bots, the trolls, they finally quit attacking, but we would get emails, they get phone calls, and now, you know, heck, we got we got people right within our company, if they're real bad, they'll go, here, we've got somebody, we'll connect with them, ministry to them right over the phone. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Do you need Jesus? You know, they, like today, I want to tell you all, this is what I did today. I hadn't done this before. I do have a show every night on LindellTV.com, and tonight, in, from my room, I did something I hadn't done yet, ever. Today, something interesting happened with the media that attacks me every day. Realize I don't have a, I don't have a publicist. Every single journalist in this country has my direct phone number. Wow. And I've had to use, I've apologized to the media, the bad. I said, you guys, I've used you for a year. You know, you know I have, because that's all I had. I didn't have the foxes, the, the stations that wouldn't talk about anything that's, re, that's really affecting us. And anyway... Well, yesterday, something happened in Colorado. I don't have to get into the details. Look up Mike Lindell News. You'll see it all. But anyway, all the media yesterday was calling me. Washington Post, the Daily Beast, the Mediaite, Rupert, uh, Political, all of them called me. So I was, I'm sitting there, and I, and I talk to all of them. They, you know, M.O. Call, this person. I know them all by name. And so I give them this story. And, I give, and uh, now I come out this morning, and it was different. These These... These articles, even the headlines were, were different. I'm going, man, this is, this is, this is, it's turning. And I, I, I shared them all, okay? And, and you got to realize if they're bad, if they're bad, uh, some of these bad journalists or they're new, I make them read my book and then do their first interview by Skype so I can witness to them. One, one journalist I witnessed about Jesus for three hours one afternoon, I used to call him, I said, you are, what you have done is so evil, and he, I blocked him from my phone, one of the only ones I ever blocked. And his friends kept calling, Mike, will you please unblock Zach? And he's not evil. And, 
And I said, yeah, I'll unblock him. He's a 20-year-old kid. And I witnessed to him for three hours in the afternoon. I said, Zach, but he had been, he came from a Christian conservative family. He got put into college and it changed him. And he told me this. He goes, I said, what? I said, do you really believe what they're teaching you is right, Zach? I said, look around. You know me. Why are you attacking me every day? You know, we became you know, somewhat friends with all these guys. Anyway, to make a long story short, these journalists in the country, that's where you need to see, and you see in this shift. And I actually got on my show tonight, and the first five minutes opening of my show was praying for every journalist in this country to find the Lord and get the voice out that we need to get this country back and get this world back. Amen. And, they, um, and it was amazing. It was amazing. And I had Facebook Live going at the same time, and the bots and trolls were going, you know, they didn't even know what to do. I think they were trying to pray, but they're just bots. You know, <laughs> they're not real. <laughs> but that's, uh, but I think there's a big shift, and uh, and a few, uh, and it really is, and it's, it's, it's coming, but it's, it's our voice. Remember, if they took away our voice, it was over. But they didn't get that. If they took away the voice, it was over. So everything from here on out is a, is a, is a bonus, you know. And every, everyone you all go out there and speak out for that gets saved in your church, just remember that one person sitting there that you least expect could turn out to be a leader like all of you. That's it. Well, why don't you pray like for all the pastors and leaders here because there's so many people like yourself, you know, that, that, uh, in our community, we don't just want to reach the church people. Right, right. We want to reach people. Well, I already did my one prayer for the day. No, <laughs> I told you that was an anomaly. <laughs> yes, Lord, Lord, we we come to you Amen. in prayer, and, and Lord, I pray that every leader out there, or every person you've chosen to be yes. a leader, Amen. that just has the courage, the courage to sure. to. Uh, yeah. To, get, to go out there and inspire and bring people hope. And Lord, we know that you are that hope. That you are, uh, that you have set things up for us. Um, you have, you've already, you've already lined everything up for us, Lord, that's out there, that's already preset. But we all need to know, I want everyone in here this to, we pray for everyone in here and everyone watching that they follow their callings, that they, yeah. that they do, that they follow what they're called for such a time as this to do. We pray that, Lord. Um, yes. And uh, we pray that, they're, if, they, uh, that if, they, if they're not there, if they're not there like I was, Lord, that they can get there, that they can get on their knees right now and accept you as their personal Savior, Jesus, and, and do a full surrender because it is, like my friend said, um, it ain't boring. And, uh, and Jesus, we thank you for everything. We thank you for this. Uh, I thank you personally, Lord, for bringing me here. And, uh, this has been one of the most divine appointments I can, that I, I've never seen so much joy. And Lord, I I pray that anyone out there that's hurting inside, that you fill their heart with joy and that you fill their, you restore their heart, the brokenness, whatever's inside that that's broken that you get to the root of the problem and that they can surrender to you. And I pray, Lord, that every everybody can be proactive in prayer, yeah. that can be proactive, Lord, and that you hear that you hear the prayers, the prayers that line up with that are your word and uh, that are your will, Lord. We pray that the prayers that are prayed line up with your will. And, and everybody, where's God's will? God's will is in the word. Thank you, Lord. 
And uh, Lord, we thank you for we thank you for such a time as this, for the time that, to be in this place in history, Lord. And we will, and we we are so we we are so blessed that you've given us grace, that you've given us grace, more time, more time to you, to bring more and more more to you, Lord. And um, I pray all this in Jesus' name, mighty name. Thank you, Jesus. God bless everyone Amen. here. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. That's a record. Two in one day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Wow.